so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Okay, well we're going to pray again as we come to um, jump into God's word this morning and um, yeah, encourage you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, though even the newest parts of it were written almost 2,000 years ago in human terms, it speaks so powerfully today. And even true of this passage we're exploring this morning, which is many, many more years older, Lord, we thank you for its, its, uh, what it says of itself, that it is alive and active and living. And so we pray that that would be true this morning in, in each of our hearts, that your word would be alive and active and living. We pray that it would work powerfully in us, that we would be uh, changed by it, that we'd be equipped by it, that we'd be strengthened by it, uh, that we'd be prepared for every good work by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so this morning we're continuing our series that we began last week uh, called Navigating Change. Um, which is about lessons uh, on transition uh, from the story of Noah. And so to recap last week, we, we began about talking about the first stage of change. So we're talking about four different kind of elements of change through the story of change. We began last week by talking about preparation. This is the bit that happens before the moment of change. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're learning lessons from Noah's story about how we can navigate change or how that we can walk through the process of transition. And so the things we picked up in that preparation phrase last week were uh, key number one was to walk faithfully with the Lord. Before Noah became Noah and his ark, before the ark became part of Noah's story, we're told that he walked faithfully with the Lord. And that was the thing that prepared him for this moment of significant change on the earth. That's what led him into being the, the one that uh, God says Noah built an ark, was that he walked faithfully with the Lord. And so that's how we can be most prepared for change, whether we know it's coming or not. Some changes we know well ahead, some changes we don't know uh, until they've happened. Uh, but the number one thing we can do to prepare for any change is to walk faithfully with the Lord. Uh, to, to continue to live that out uh, in heart, mind, body, soul and spirit. To love the Lord our God with, with our whole self, as Jesus talks about is the number one thing we can do to be prepared for change. And the second thing we picked up last week was that Noah's faithfulness with the Lord led him to radical obedience. And so when the Lord said to him, build an ark, he built an ark. When the God gave him specific instructions around how to build that, he built it that way. And we talked about last week how that might have looked absolutely ridiculous until the moment of change come, came. And so for us, some of the things like we shared, I shared the Glassford's testimony last week where, where they, they were told um, from, from God, in, well, they felt a sense from God that they should start packing their bags, but they weren't planning on moving. And then uh, the next day or so, or soon after, God said, God gave them this opportunity to move into ministry. And, and, and so sometimes it might be something that's very specific and seems a bit crazy like that, but often it's just living out radical obedience to God, doing things like Noah uh, that were countercultural in his time, 
but we know other things that God has called us into, like worship, like gathering uh, with the body of believers, like generosity and, and things like that. And so the way we prepare for change, whether we know it's coming or not, is to walk faithfully with the Lord and to let that flow into radical obedience, action with Him. And so this week we're shifting from preparation to the critical moment of change. And so I'm calling this message Surviving the Storm uh, because um, you know, the whole Noah analogy included quite a substantial storm. And, so, and also sometimes that, that moment of change can feel like a storm. And last week I introduced as our kind of pattern of what change looks like the story of me and my family moving from Sydney where we were based before to Yass about eight years ago. There were significant stages of that. There was much preparation as we kind of threw out a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't need anymore, as, as we kind of prepared to pack things, as we uh, uh, booked in Dad to drive the truck for us, uh, as we booked the truck and as we loaded the truck. Um, there, there was lots of preparation. But then the moment came where we hopped in the cars and the trucks and we literally drove to yes. That was the critical moment of that change. Uh, for the church, uh, and, and this series, we want to be talking about you know, navigating all kinds of different change, and we'll all be in different seasons of change in our life, but of course the church is going or coming towards a moment of change where I finish my role as pastor after about eight years, uh, and the church moves towards, um, well, they're already looking, we're already looking for a new pastor, but that, that comes in. The, the, we're moving towards that, and there's been much preparation towards that, but the critical moment will come on the 27th of January when I'm no longer the pastor of the church anymore. And, and I, said, I said this to Crystal, uh, she is here, I thought she'd gone out last week, it just occurred to me after church, I, I'm not wanting to compare m- my conclusion of ministry here as the pastor of the church with a global catastrophic flood. I don't think it's going to go that badly, that's not my uh, expectations, I'm not saying it's that catastrophic, I'm just using that as an analogy of change. But we always, in a, in a process of change, come to this critical moment and it can feel like a storm. And so I just want to read back in Genesis chapter 7, the second part of what Ken read for us this morning, which is from verse 17 to 20. Just a section of that. We're told for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth and the waters increased. They lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth. And all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits, which in my little notes down the bottom says is about seven metres. And so a 40-day storm of water, because the waters rose and the waters came down, uh, is quite substantial. I imagine it was quite scary. And change in our life can often feel like that. It can feel scary and overwhelming. There can be a storm of fear. There can be a storm of uncertainty. There can be a a storm of emotions. These emotions might be positive emotions, uh, but it also might be mixed with negative emotions. One of the things you learn um, in life, uh, but also in ministry, and counsellors learn this as well, is that there's significant stress that happens even with positive changes in life. You know, you might be uh, getting married, which is something you're super excited about, but there's also stress involved with that change. You might be having uh, a child come into your life 
but there's significant stress as well. There's a mix of emotions in that change. You might be getting a new job, which is your dream job. But there's also a mix, a storm of positive and negative emotions with that. And of course, with negative change, with loss, uh, with, with suffering, with the death of a loved one, with, with unexpected change, often those emotions aren't positive at all. It's a storm of just negative emotions. And so in that moment when my family and I, when we, we drove from Sydney to Yass, it wasn't the first time we'd travelled that journey. We'd been back and forth a few times to, to kind of prepare, but that was the critical moment of that change. There was a lot of emotions in that moment that weren't experienced in the preparation and they weren't necessarily experienced in, in the time afterwards to the same degree. Even though it was a positive move, it was something we'd chosen to do. We believe God was leading us into it. Uh, and we're sure eight years later that that was the truth, that God was leading us into it. That, that there was still a lot of a storm of emotions as we faced that critical moment of change. Some of us cried the entire three-hour journey from there to here. And so for Noah and his family, the world they knew would be no more. The familiar was gone. There would be no going back. And, and from the story that the, the Bible tells us about what life was like for them before that moment of critical change, it wasn't great. They were the outliers, the one outlier family in a world of wickedness. It wasn't great, but it still would have been a, a moment for them in this storm, knowing that everything they knew would never be the same again. This was their critical moment of change. And so as I introduced last week, we're thinking about the idea of change as being that moment. What is going to be different? It's the tangible, external, and it's often the quick and definitive moment. But transition is how we navigate that change, how we process through it. And so this morning, I, I want us just to grab a, a couple lessons, a couple things that we can hold on to in the midst of that storm of emotions. Because we all know that when we're emotional, when we're stressed, and, and this critical moment is often the most stressful moment of any change, we don't necessarily have the capacity to think through clearly what we should do. So I want to give us just a couple of things from Noah's story for us to grab onto in the critical moment of changes in life. And so the first thing from this story we can pick up is that we need to get on board with what God has prepared for us. And so in verses 1 to 5, uh, the first part of what Ken read for us this morning, in verses 1 to 5 it says, The Lord then said to Noah, Get into the ark. You and your whole family, because I've found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And so in this critical moment of change, it was time for Noah and his family to get on board with what God had prepared for them. I said last week that some estimates of how long it might have taken to build the ark are around about 50 years, that this has been a long preparation process for Noah and his family. But the moment came and it was time to get on board with what God had prepared. 
And so for us in the critical moment, it's time for us to get on board with what God has prepared for this moment. But that takes courage. That takes faith. It, It takes a belief that God has prepared you for the moment. And so I think this moment of stepping on board the ark would have been a huge step of courage for Noah and his family. Even though they'd spent possibly 50 years building it and uh, they tied it inside and out and checking the joints and, and, and in the absence of water to test it, thinking, you know, it looks like it will hold water. And, and after that period of time, they, they might have got to a place where they were pretty confident that this thing was going to preserve them through change. Probably, you know, I'm not putting my... Um, Imagining myself as Noah, Noah was a righteous man, so he probably had no wobbles in his face. But, but if I was Noah, I, I probably would have been confident in, in, in that up until the moment I'm stepping onto the ark thinking, God said it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Then I might have started to have a few concerns about whether this thing was actually going to preserve me through the critical moment of change. That it was actually going to sustain me and my family and all of the surviving animals of the earth through this moment of change. What would have seemed like a huge vessel on dry land in the midst of this storm, I think probably would have seemed quite tiny. I've never been on a uh, cruise ship, I know some people have, but I imagine that when you walk up to that cruise ship at the docks, you look up at it and you think, oh my goodness, this is an enormous vessel. But when you're out in the ocean, a long way from anything solid in terms of land, you probably think, gee, is this thing big enough to endure the waves? And so I'm sure this is the experience that they had of, of this challenge to their faith, is this going to work? But God had prepared the ark for them. Noah had done the work. Noah and his family had done the work, but God had prepared the ark for them as the vessel that would sustain them through this critical moment. And so I believe that just as God had prepared an ark for Noah through Noah, we discover in the critical moments of change that God has prepared for us a vessel as well. Some rarely... (laughs) Probably once in history, that looks like a giant wooden ark. But normally that looks like, as we talked about last week, that God uses different seasons in our life, different moments of equipping and preparing the good, the bad and the ugly to prepare us for the moments of change. The the storms can seem scary, but, but God has prepared us for the storm. The things that God has woven into our story, he brings to the surface. And so, in a sense, I believe we all have an ark. And so, in this critical moment, the thing we need to do is to get on board with what God has prepared for us to sustain us through the storm. It's a good question to ask ourselves. What does my ark look like? What has God built into me and, a, and around me that will help me navigate this season of change? Whatever change you're all, uh, facing at the moment. How has God prepared you? Sometimes we only discover that, that once we're on the waters. Once the waters of change have begun to rise. And it makes me wonder, and again, Noah wouldn't have had any wobbles in his faith like this, I'm sure, but if I was Noah, I'm sure there'd be things that when I'm building the ark, I'm like, why do I have to do this? Like, what, what benefit is, do I really need to tar it on the inside and the out? 
Do I really need to go to the effort of building such a large window all the way around? And so I'm sure there would have been moments for Noah and his family when they were rising on the water with them. Ah, oh, now I see what God was doing. And I'm confident that there'll be moments for each of us in, as we journey through change. We're like, I don't know what God was doing back then. But once the waters of change begin to rise, we'll think, ah, oh, now I see it. I see what God was doing. Because tar on the outside wouldn't have been quite enough, but tarring both sides was good enough. And that window might have seemed hard to build, but if I'm going to spend over 100 days on this ark with like a whole bunch of stinky animals, I'm very glad that God made me build it. How has God prepared you? Whether we, we, we feel prepared for change or not, I, I want us to rest assured that if God is leading you into a change, that God has prepared for you the vessel to carry you through it. I want to say that again. If God is leading you into a change, whether that's you as an individual, whether that's us as a church or any other kind of grouping of people, if God is leading you into a change, as scary as the storm may be, God has prepared for you the vessel to carry you through it. And so to speak specifically about YCBC at the moment, uh, I think... There's a number of things, but I think the ark is the community of the church. God has been building it for years, long before I showed up on the scene, and it can be continued to build the community long, before I, long after I'm the pastor. And so if we're to get on board in this season to be prepared for change, is to get on board with the community of the church, to trust what God has prepared for this season. At times, it might not seem sufficient. You know, when everyone's away for the long weekend and the other half of people uh, are um, unwell at home, it might seem like, I don't know if this is going to hold water through this season of change. But this is what God has prepared and we can trust that it will. It's perfectly sufficient. Just like the ark God had Noah build was perfectly sufficient for that moment of change, for that storm. I believe that God, in his wisdom, has built a church community that is perfectly sufficient. Just as not everyone got on Noah's Ark, not everyone will get on board and, and see out the season of change. And, and I'm not trying to compare those people to those that perished in the flood. I'm not making judgments about that. Uh, but what I am saying is that we can't spend all our energy being anxious about that. What we need to do for ourselves if, if we want to see this church community uh, survive and thrive through a season of change is to get on board. And so that's the first thing we need to do in moments of change in our life, in our communities, is get on board with what God has prepared. Leverage the strengths he's put within us. Leverage the relationships, the families that God has put around us. Leverage the thing that God has placed in our lives to, to sustain us through the storm. And the second thing I want to encourage us with in this moment is to remember who is with you in the storm. Because God has prepared an ark for us, an ark for Noah to help us endure through the storm he has a plan for us on the other side of that. But he's also with us in the storm of change. 
Uh, when I think about this moment, it reminds me of a, of a story that happened uh, many, many years later with another boat, much smaller boat this time, on the water in a storm. If you've got your Bibles with it, I encourage, with you, I encourage you to flip to Mark chapter 4. I don't know if this is moment in Jesus' life is intended to remind us of Noah's Ark out on the waters or not, but it certainly does for me. And so in Mark chapter uh, 4, verses 35 to 41, we read this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, that's Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And so key to this story is that it was Jesus' plan to go to the other side. This is a change moment that was initiated by Jesus. But he's also on board the boat. And so the disciples, who many of them were, you know, and I'm sure you've, many of us have heard this story before and had it preached on before, many of them were, were experienced sailors and fishermen, uh, and so if they were afraid, this was probably a, a pretty scary storm in their journey from this side to that side. And so the disciples' fear was, are we going to make it to the other side? Are we going to die in the midst of this change in our journey from here to there? Are we going to drown here between where we were and where we are going? But Jesus is on board the boat with them. And so the one who in a, in a few moments we see commands uh, the sea to be still is in the boat with them. And so it's going to be okay. And so I believe, you know, I'm not saying I would have had more faith than the disciples in that moment by any means. I would not have at all. But what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples in this moment, I think, is even if the boat gets smashed to pieces in the midst of that storm because Jesus is with them, because it was his plan to go from here to there, because Jesus is with them, it's going to be okay somehow. If Jesus is with you, somehow it will be okay. And so the story of Noah and, and this story that it reminds me of, uh, I, I want to remind us that we need to get on board with, with what God has prepared, the vessels that God has prepared for us to, to endure the storm of change. But I want us to remember that we don't endure that alone, that Jesus is on board with us. That he is the one who, in our lives, as we're living faithfully to him, has said to go from here to there. And as scary as this space between here and there might seem at times, even if, if experienced fishermen are saying, I'm going to drown, I'm going to die here in the middle. We need to remember that Jesus is on board. 
And in this moment, he's modeling for us the kind of peace that we have opportunity to experience in the midst of that storm. The disciples' question is, don't you care if we drown? He doesn't answer that, but I think the unspoken answer is, well, he does care. But he's not afraid that that's going to happen. And so we might have a lot of questions that they might not end with drown, but we might have questions of Jesus in, in kind of the space between here and there in whatever change we experience, whether it's the change in leadership in the church, whether it's changes in your life, whether it's the between here and there of pre-COVID, post-COVID, you know, pre-marriage, post-marriage, new job, you know, lost which hands doing which at the moment. But, but we might have that same question in the space between, don't you care if, worst case scenario, Jesus... And so Jesus, yes, is the one that can speak to the storm and say, be still. But the point is that if the one who can speak to the storm and say, be still, is in the boat, then it's going to be okay and we can experience the peace that Jesus is modelling. It's not through lack of care. It's through lack of fear that he's able to rest in the storm. And this is also the best picture I can see of what what Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 4 when he uses that phrase, peace that surpasses understanding. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul says to us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus was living a peace in that boat that transcended normal human understanding. The normal human understanding was what the disciples were exhibiting. We're going to drown! Everything is going to fall apart. The normal human understanding was that. But Jesus exhibited a peace that transcended that understanding. And the beauty is that the Apostle Paul says to us that that we can experience what Jesus modeled. Not that we should feel ashamed if we experience anxiety and stress in the space between, in, in the midst of the storm, but that we've got something we can do. We can, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our request to God. And the promise is that the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so we can rest. And by that I mean not laziness, but rest, experience the peace of Jesus in the midst of the storm of change as we present all the things that we're anxious about to him. And if we think about it, that's what the disciples did, didn't they? They experienced a moment of deep anxiety and fear. So they woke Jesus up and they said to him, they presented not graciously or with a calm spirit, their request to Jesus in kind of some kind of language of, don't you care if we drown? And then what did they experience? Peace that transcended their understanding. They said, who is this that even the waves and the wind obey him?
And so we get on board with what God has prepared for us and we remember that He is with us, Jesus is with us as we journey through the storm, no matter how flimsy the vessel may seem at the time. That we remember that we, as we journey through the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear any evil for He is with us. And finally, and as we wrap up, our worship team can um, make ready. Finally, we can remember that the storm will end. Forty days and forty nights would have seemed like a significant amount of time to be on the ark and the waves kept rising, the water kept rising. This isn't just their drifting period. We're going to talk about drifting next week. But just that storm is something that I could not imagine. Forty days of rain, of waters rising. But even that came to an end. In the scheme of Noah's life, that was a very short and defined period of time. And so the critical moment of change in our lives that sometimes it can seem like this is going to go on forever, that we're never going to get on top of this change, whether it's positive or negative, that we're never going to get to grips with it, but we need to remember that it is just a season. The season of calmer waters that we drift upon will come. And eventually there'll be a new day. This is true for each of us. It's true for Yes Community Baptist Church. It might be a challenging moment, but God has prepared us. God is with us. There will be a new day. And I believe that God's got great purpose and plan for this church, for each of us to be fruitful and to multiply in the season that comes ahead. Let me pray for us and then let's um, stand and worship our God again. Heavenly Father, I thank you that just as you prepared for Noah an ark that would keep he and his family and a remnant of creation safe through the critical moment of change, through the storm. And so, Father, though we might not have a giant wooden boat to look out in the car park and go, there it is, we trust nonetheless that you have prepared for us in many different ways what is necessary for this church to endure that moment of change. But we declare this morning, just as for Noah, the the moment on the ark wasn't what it was about, but it was looking to a new day. And the words you said to them, looking ahead, were to be fruitful and to multiply. And so I believe the same is true, Lord, and I pray that it would be true of this church and our lives in each uh, individual change and circumstance that you know about that we're journeying through at the moment. I pray that we would see that this day will come to an end, this storm will pass and that there will be a new day in which we will be fruitful for you and we will multiply. And Father, we thank you that as Jesus promised, he is with us always, even to the end of this age. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is not just with us, but in us. 
And so we thank you that we don't face change alone. But that the unchanging one is with us in the midst of the changes of life. May we know the presence of the Holy Spirit tangibly in this season. We commit our fears and anxieties to you. Our fear that we will drown in the space between where we were and where we're going. Whatever that may look like for each of us, Lord. We we lift up our fears and anxieties to you. And we pray that we would experience what is promised. Peace that makes no sense. And so as we worship you now, I pray that that would be true for each of us here, everyone who's um, engaging this morning online or later on through the recording. We pray that in this moment we would experience peace that makes no sense. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.